I intend on making it through this episode without bawling like a baby. I did, if you hear anyone yelling, it's my son in the background. He's gaming and I don't care because I love hearing my son and I'm so happy that he's home. <laughs> I, I, he can yell all as loud as he wants to and that's fine with me. He's been such a help to me this morning. I broke down like a baby and cried when he walked to the front of the house to make sure I was all right when I got up and he just held me and he hugged me and he did like my husband. He said, stand up straight, mom. You got to stand up straight. He said, do you need a pill? (laughs) I hate that. I hate that my son knows that I need medication and depend on it. Sometimes I, you know, I, I can't manage. And, uh, I said, no, son, I'm okay. I'm going to get the clothes. He said, I've got it. I'll do the towels. You do the clothes. Mom, do you need anything else? I'm like, no, son, I'm fine. And he's helping me get back to the bedroom. He's doing things. And when he comes back to make sure I'm okay, I'm standing by the bed, bent over, my elbows on the eating pad, my head on the bed, and he's looking at me going, Mom, are you okay? Is it pain? What can I do for you? You wanted to pay the bills. Let's get you in there and do it. And I said, Son, I can't. I I just can't. I'm going to have to get back in the bed, and I'm going to make myself pay the bills. It's aggravating to me that I can't do a simple task that I've always done. And I want so badly to finish these tasks because I'm tired of making to-do notes. Do this, order that, do that. I mean, I've got empty bottles of Maalox and Listerine breath strip packages so that I know to reorder the things that we're running out of because I keep putting notes in my phone and it's just compiling and compiling and nothing's getting done. I cried because I didn't want my son to ever see this. I didn't want my son to see me weak. It killed me that he had to help me this morning. But I was so grateful and am so grateful that he was here for me. I hate that though. It just kills me. (laughs) You know, on a package of condoms, what do they say? 97% effective, 3% of a chance of pregnancy. If they were to put on there something like there's a 3% chance that 
whatever you're going to shoot into this extremely thin sheath of rubber. If it gets out of this thin sheath of rubber in 15 years, you will have gray hair. You will be run by your child because he is your life. And you will be too tired for sex. You will be forever worrying about the individual that you brought into the world. Do you really trust this little sheath of rubber? (laughs) That would have been the message that would deter a lot of people, I think, from ever (laughs) having sex again. If we didn't say the risk of pregnancy, we explained what happens 15 years after. But then to be able to say, this has got to be a big box and those condom boxes aren't that big. But P.S. In 15 years, when you are collapsing in pain and you don't feel like you can take another step, the very product that escaped this little sheath of rubber will be the very person to lift you up and hold you and let you know that you're not a disappointment and that they will forever love you because you're their mom. Then I'd be poking holes in condoms everywhere. Now, we 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 didn't use condoms, so what am I worried about? <laughs> but I say all of that just because life is just wow. It's just so much is going through my head right now because I was up all night. Yesterday was kind of a a, a rough day, but in a good way. Running around, trying to do interviews, picking up my son, helping him get his tap shoes, and then... I have individuals that message me and and they want to talk or they want to ask me some questions. And I spent several hours on the phone or messaging with Facebook with several people. And the last person, it was over an hour and my husband and son had just come back home from going to Wawa and I was trying to explain to the person who was lying in bed on heat that this was a rare opportunity for me that I was up and that I hated taking time away from my family. But I wanted to chat with her because she seemed desperate and I wanted to help her. But she wasn't very considerate 
of my time and of what I was giving up in order to talk with her. And I'm not going, I'm not, I'm not playing the martyr. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying that it's difficult when you only have a limited amount of time during the day, which I am still trying to figure out how to make longer. But when you share with individuals that request your time, it's defeating and frustrating and makes me want to stop doing what I'm doing because what I'm doing is for free and the time that I have up I'm realizing is so precious and I want to be with my family but in order to try to make this podcast and eventually the website a success and in order to help people I have to do a few things and I'm not very comfortable doing Facebook or anything like that but I'm desperately trying to get the message out and the word out and hopefully help a few people by sharing so just as I'm finishing up with the last phone call, the last woman, I was getting a little upset because I heard my husband and my son laughing and I'm in the other room connected to my charger because my phone was dying so I could finish my conversation and I'm sitting there and I'm listening and I'm thinking, oh, this woman is just... Obviously, it was quite apparent that she didn't have anyone else to share her story with that understood. So it was a backstory of her life. And I finally just said, you're working. You're taking care of your child. You just came home from an activity with your child. You already have a pelvic floor specialist. You've you've already done all this. I'm like, what is it that you want from me? I said, because I, I, you contacted me. I I don't know what it is. This person wasn't a member of the AWOL Zebra group. I have no idea how this person connected with me, honestly. But I was getting frustrated because I'm thinking man, I just want to help people. But I started this before I knew what I was doing, and I still don't know what I'm doing. But along with the fact that I didn't know about all of the other things that come along with EDS, the comorbidities, everything that you deal with, I am ill-prepared for navigating Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, all of that stuff. And you have to be able to do that. 
but just before we disconnected. And this is the thing that gets me. I was trying to get off the phone for 20 minutes, and I couldn't. And then just as it was time that she needed to get off the phone, mysteriously, her computer died. So I I sent her a message, don't know what happened, I wish you great success, blah, blah, blah. And then she sent me a message, sorry, her computer died. But I'm like, well, how did you just send me a message? But whatever. She did eventually come back and thank me for spending the time and sharing with her. And so that made me feel better. That kind of made it all worth it. Because for a while, I felt like, wow. I really feel like I'm being taken advantage of with this person because they've been contacting me uh, quite a bit for the past couple of weeks. But the fact that she took the time to come back and say thank you and to be appreciative for listening to her made me feel better. And I really hope that she gets the help and gets the pain relief that she's looking for. But it just put me in a position where I realized, wow, I don't know if I can do this. Because during all of this, my son brought me one of my rings. My ring fell off my thumb. My thumb, my ring fell off. And I wear rings like at the tips of my finger and then all the way down and on my thumbs. You know, I used to have a ring on every finger. I just, I like that. And... I can fidget and I mess with it and everything. So I like my rings. But this was the third time that I had an issue with the ring coming off of my finger. And it's been a different ring every time. Two weeks ago, my fasciologist brought me my ring after our session it had fallen off while I was in the sauna. Then Christmas Eve, we went to ride and look at the lights and I lost my ring in the truck and I had to go find it and it was between the seats. But what's concerning me is that my rings are falling off. And that's when my husband said, I I see you every day, Christy. You wear really baggy clothes. And you really are getting super skinny. And I'm worried. And when my fasciologist brought me my ring, she tried to mention my weight. And I was like, ignoring it. Because I, I was like, oh, it's no big deal. It it just slipped off, you know? I'm sweaty. No big deal. 
But when my son brought me my ring, and this was the third time in a month that my rings are just coming off of my fingers, I realized, wow, I've been focusing on my fascia and trying to get out of pain. And I'm trying to make a success of the podcast. I'm trying to be a good admin for the groups and respond to everyone that messages me. And my rings are falling off my fingers. My body, I think, really is kind of falling apart. But it's okay. Because of this podcast, because I've met the wonderful people that I've met, because I share, I learn from you, and I have a journal, if you will, a verbal journal. I like that, a verbal journal. I have a verbal journal. And I can go back and I can follow my moods. I can follow what triggers something that may, oh, I hate that word, but still, what, you know, unless you are the Lone Ranger's horse or firing a gun, I really don't want to hear that word. Wasn't that the long, the Long Ranger? Uh, Long John Silvers. Oh, I had my last, oh, horrible, bad for you, uh, Long John Silver's Mill, October 2007. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it was incredible. Those little crispy things, the way they made them in Williamsburg was they would take a paper cup and poke holes in the bottom of it with a pencil, and they would pour the batter in the cup and then hold the cup over the fryer as the batter would drip out of the holes and it would make that crunchy fried batter that's so bad for you. Oh, fried dough. Does it get any better? And I absolutely loved that meal. But the Lone Ranger, wasn't his horse's name Trigger or Silver? Ooh, Silver. My eyes are silver. Do you know that that has something to do with, I think, a lack of melanin, if I'm correct, and because we were we were looking up eyes, we were you know we were talking about hazel, and I thought hazel was blue, sometimes green eyes, but my husband said no, it's brown, sometimes green eyes, and so it got me into thinking, well, what colors? are the most popular, blah, 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 let me look it up, and so, I think brown is the most common, and then you've got blue is the next common, and then hazel, which is brown and green, and then hazel, brown, green, and, oh, it starts with an A, it makes me think of the color maroon, and burgundy, and purple, but it starts with an A. Oh, what is that called? Um, oh, shoot. 
I, oh, dang, gum it. What is it called? It's hazel, brown, green eyes, and something. Is it? It's not agave. It's not agape. What is? It starts with an A. It starts with an A. Dead gum it. Oh, I can't think about it. That's going to drive me nuts. Dead gum it. That's just going to drive me nuts. Well, anyway, if you find out, message me. Let me know. But I think you've got brown, blue, hazel, and green eyes. Green is the rarest, but I think there's like 2%, and I'm just going off of memory here, but I think 2% has silver, and believe it or not, some people do have purple eyes, like Elizabeth Taylor's, I think she had like, I think they were striking dark blue eyes, but they sometimes had like a gray hue. People, I think, were calling them violet. But I think her blue eyes changed when the lighting was different and her eyeshadow was different. And that would create the violet color. So, yes. <laughs> this is your eye uh lesson for today but i do i think silver if if i'm correct was a rare eye color and my husband has always said he says you've got smoky gray eyes they're not blue like you originally said he said they're gray and they're silver and I went, let me take a look. So I started watching my eyes, and they were like mood rings, and they would change colors depending on where I was, in the lighting, in the inside, on the outside, or what, you know, makeup I had on, things like that. It would, it would change, but... They say it's incredibly slim to have run across somebody that has natural gray eyes or silver eyes because I think it's, I said 2%, I think it's less than 1% in the U.S. And we're talking about the U.S. because remember, AWOL Zero is in like 30 some places now. But we have less melanin at the front of the iris. And I believe the back of the eye is brown no matter what but when light enters the eye it interacts with like the lack of light in the iris front and then it's reflected to the back <laughs> which I think is what affects the color of our eyes there's like two layers of the iris and it contains collagen and that reflects the light. And there's 
a reflection, I think, that causes like a cloud that's that's in the stroma and, and that could manifest, you know, as gray. But I like the fact that yet again, I have something that is not normal, is not what everybody else has. Now, sometimes medications can change your eye color, but people with light-colored eyes will normally notice, like, a shift in the in the hue and, and, and things like that. And there are health risks that come with lighter-colored eyes. So I just found this fascinating, and that's why I'm bringing it up to you. The melanin, or the lack of, of, of melanin, creates a problem with us. There's light sensitivity. Um, I, I, I think I remember reading, I think it was, uh, if you're exposed to a bunch of UV rays, I think it's oc- ocular melanoma, I think. Um, you have a greater risk of skin cancer, little things like that. But I was researching it, trying to think, was there anything to do with collagen, EDS, and the eyes? And I haven't gotten that far yet, but I'm trying. The funny thing is, they say that gray-eyed people have more collagen than usual, in the cornea stroma. And usually, collagen will strengthen the cornea while boosting the curvature of of the iris or the, the, the pupil, the, the cornea, I guess. And that's where the corneal layers are thin. And I think that is why, because I had the eye surgeries, it caused my cornea to go from rounded, I, I lost the curvature, to a flat eyeball. And I cannot reflect light properly. That's why I have such a difficult time with my vision. But I went down this rabbit hole because I was like, is there a connection? You know, there has to be a connection, right? <laughs> but so far, I haven't found that. So I put this out here in case perhaps you know and you can enlighten me and explain to me. Uh, I don't know. Let's research it. Let's find out. Are people affected differently and can we discover anything by looking at our eye color to see if that has anything to do with the severity of our EDS diagnosis things like that yeah I know it's probably stupid it's ridiculous I can't believe it Christy why are you sitting there and worrying about it going down it you got enough to worry about you're bawling like a baby you can't get up you can't do anything you are trying 
to do things that you can't do, and now you're going to open up another can of worms. Why can't I open up a can of whoop-ass and beat this illness? But that's my intention. <laughs> I plan on opening up that can of whoop-ass. There you go. There you have it. So, as I'm crying to my son and I'm telling him, I don't want you to see me like this. I've never wanted you to see me this way. I realized that I was truly exhausted from walking into the kitchen. And we have a three-bedroom brick rancher. Our house isn't that big. It was all I could do to use the restroom and make it to the kitchen to turn around to come back and try to start my day. After being on the phone and talking with everyone yesterday, I started realizing that my body was doing things that I couldn't stop. I couldn't hold my phone any longer. My ability to think and concentrate was just going away. I tried to go to sleep, and at about 12.08 a.m., I was taking pain medication because the pain was just too bad, and it was just too intense. And I was lying there listening to my husband snore, knowing that Wyland was kind of teetering between falling asleep and gaming. And I'm just thinking, 5 o'clock is going to be here so early. If I don't go to sleep, I'm not going to be able to tackle my to-do list that I've been building up for weeks. I knew I had to go to sleep. I just couldn't. And I would take a little bit of a break. Then I'd pick up my phone and try to do the welcome notes for the big group. And was trying to respond and trying to write posts so that individuals that are in the groups that I admin that still don't know that we have a podcast. I was trying to, I guess, advertise, if you will. Because I want so badly to make this successful. Uh, you know, Mel and I have, have talked and I would love, you remember soulintegration.org is her website about, you know, trying to get together and help individuals. I've spoken to Allie, you know, about supplements and and trying to you know, learn from her and, and, and trying to share with you everything that I've learned from these wonderful people. You know, Anne-Marie, Pacing, uh, Julie, just learning to accept even when you can't drive and you're on a feeding tube and you feel at a loss. This is a difficult illness to have when you're alone. So I am thankful 
that I started this podcast so I could meet the wonderful individuals that have now become a part of the AWOL Zebra family. I am not crying and bawling like a baby at the moment because I'm okay with the fact that I'm not feeling well. I'm okay with the fact that I have something wrong and I need to figure out how to fix it. I'm not looking at this as defeating I'm taking this in as a learning experience because every time I picked up my phone and did a little bit, my arm would get weaker and I would lose the ability to hold it. And then I realized that it was taking me two hours to respond to a comment that someone was asking for my expertise on. (laughs) How crazy was that person, right? Me, expertise. But someone had done an at Christy Lynn Hanchi because someone had done a post about something I was familiar with and they wanted my input on it. And so I was working on that and it took me over two hours. I I couldn't focus. I didn't realize I couldn't focus. I I didn't realize what I was doing. But this illness has opened my eyes to my weaknesses and has opened my eyes to the fact that it's not going to be an easy fix. It's not going to be a cookie cutter fix. This is something that's going to take time. And the fact that I'm okay, I'm not okay. I'm not cowering down. I'm not, I'm not looking at this again as defeat. I'm looking at this as a valuable learning experience. My body, I could feel shutting down throughout the night while I was up. I still haven't really slept. I've kind of dozed off and then popped right back up. So I haven't gotten that full, was that REM, that whole sleep that you need. But I could feel the strength from my body evaporating. I could feel it going away. And I learned a very valuable lesson. I need sleep. I can't pull all-nighters anymore and continue the next day. Those of you out there that listen just because you're thinking, what an idiot this person is. I know I've always needed sleep. 
But last night was the first time I felt the effects in my body. And sadly, I don't know, is it is it Minnesota's the show me state or Montana? Or or, or where is it? Ooh, ooh, Biloxi, Mississippi? Or no, ooh, Missouri. The the place where they have all the the music and people would go and and do it. Branson, Missouri, I think. The show me state. Like, I'm from Missouri. The only reason I remember it was Robert Scorpio on General Hospital with his Australian accent said, ah, he was trying to come up with finding out who stole the Cassidine uh, diamond or something like that. And he told the person, hey, I'm from Missouri. Show me. And that just stuck with me. And you know it had to because I was like 14. (laughs) And now it's almost 40 years later. And I'm quoting Robert Scorpio, Tristan Rogers. The fact that I remember his name and what the deal was is sad. But that's always stuck with me. But I just never looked up. I'm pretty sure the show me state might be Missouri. But I am my worst enemy with this illness. I need it shown to me. I need a visual. I need a broken bone. I need a cut. I need lab results that show the depletion of my nourishments, my nutrients, things like that. And sadly, that is not conducive to living effectively with this illness. Realizing that my inability to sleep was going to affect me today, I was preparing myself for bouts of extreme, horrific crying and then extreme laughter. I expected everything from one end of the spectrum to the other, just going back and forth. My son's asking me, Mom, what's what's making you so emotional? And I'm thinking, who knows at this point? I think it might be menopause. It's hormonal. Uh, it's the fact that he's growing up. I'm seeing him change. And then I'm concerned is he showing signs of this illness? And I don't want my baby to suffer in pain. He's only 15. And I don't know what all to do to help him. But it scares me. So all of this is just weighing heavy on my head. On top of, I need to pay the bills. It's the middle of the month. Why can't I get my head out of my derriere. But I accomplished a little bit before I got got on here to chat with you. And when I disconnect, I will go right back to it. Things aren't happening the way I wanted them to today. But things that were necessary in order for me to grow are happening. I appreciate you being here. 
Christy Lynn Hanchi, AWOL Zebra. Have a lovely day.